0: So one of the things we do in confirmation, uh, and we do it when the mentors are there too, is to ask um, the young people to name the part of worship that they like the best, and then the part that they like the least. It's kind of like America's Got Talent, except it's America's Got Worship. But it's a little scary because you know I'm in charge of worship, and so. Um, but the interesting thing is this year, what people said. Um, they struggled with the most was sometimes the scripture, you know, that it seemed like out of context or it didn't make sense or it felt, you know, odd or was hard to understand. So um, you can remind me, but I'm going to try to do just a little teaching moment uh, sometimes before the scripture just to kind of contextualize it for us. So this morning, the story that we're going to hear is the story of um, a journey that happens with Two of the followers of Jesus, um, the day of his resurrection. Okay? And it's about uh, a, a walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus, seven miles to a small town, um, and something amazing that happens on that journey. And um, it only appears in Luke, it's not in any of the other Gospels. And Cleopas, who's one of the main characters, he only shows up once in the Bible, and you never hear from him again. So it's kind of fascinating. But the one thing I want to point out is, so in the, um, in the story, it says Cleopas, but, but it also says there's two of them. And so people have always wondered, who's that second person? And so one of the things that some scholars have said that I actually believe is that at the time of uh, Jesus, uh, he created an, a radically egalitarian community where men and women served side by side and led side by side. But in that patriarchal society, women could not be out in public or really serve in any capacity unless they were with their husband or their son or their father. So the thought is, is that when the person wrote this story, they couldn't say it was a woman Because it would have been so scandalous that people wouldn't even have bothered to read it. Does that make sense to everybody? So when I read this, I always think of Cleopas and and Martha or Sarah uh, walking down the road together. And so I would invite Jillian Davis to read to us the scripture today. And if you'd like to
1: follow along with the scripture reading, it's on page on page 865. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and were before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us in the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us?
0: Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. God, this day we ask you to be with us and to walk with us and to open us up to you in the places where we may need to be changed or lifted up or may be humbled. But let your words speak to us with freshness and vigor and energy. Amen. And from that text, and Jesus said to Cleopas and his friend, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? Somebody, somebody walks with me Shows up. And so Jesus walks with me, too. Shows up. And so the walk of life is just better. Does anybody here have a Fitbit? A Fitbit? Raise your hands. Okay. Um, For the uninitiated, I guess the unfitbitted, it's an electronic device. It's worn on the wrist like a watch. And it tracks the number of steps that you take every day. The wisdom is that we are all supposed to walk how many steps a day to be healthy? 10,000. And that's about five miles. Does that sound like a lot of steps to walk in 24 hours? It does. And the truth is, for many of us, it can be a challenge to walk that far and that much uh, because our bodies are just not able to do that. Or we sit at a desk all day, or we drive around in a car all day with our kids, or we don't have the time. But we can't deny the truth that walking is just good for the body, for the mind, and yes, good for the soul, too. I love seeing you guys here today, because you are going to walk a lot next week. <laughs> One of the best things about living in a city is you walk everywhere. So I average about 7,500 steps a day, but on a really active day like Easter Sunday or being on retreat yesterday with the Confirmands, I'll step out like more than 15,000 steps. And if we live to be 80, on average, we will walk about 216 million steps or 110,000 miles. Can I get a Wow. That's a that 's a lot of walking. Which brings us to the curious story we heard from the gospel this morning. it 's a story mostly, as I said, about a long walk it 's about seven miles, it 's about 12,000 steps from Jerusalem to a little village called Emmaus. it 's Easter morning, and a man named Cleopas and his friend, followers of jesus, they 're walking and they 're talking. And they are troubled and sad and confused because Jesus, their friend and teacher, he who had walked with them for three years, had loved them like no one had ever loved them before. In that past week, he was arrested and put on trial and convicted and executed. But now there were rumors that some of the disciples had gone to the tomb and it was empty. Stories that angels had told these women that Jesus was alive, was risen. And so these two good friends did what lots of folks have always done. When life is falling apart, or when you get sad or depressed, or when you need to work out some hard problem, or when you are lonely and you just need one other person to be with and to talk to, they walked and they talked. They walked and they talked. I remember a hot August day almost nine years ago when I was at the home in Vermont of my best friend Barb and her family, and my phone rang. And on the other end was my little sister Claire telling me that my father had died. He had passed away after a three-day struggle with pneumonia and a 12-year struggle with Alzheimer's. And so before I had to get back in my car and drive down to New Hampshire and face into the raw truth... That one who had been with me all of my life was now gone. Before I could do that, I had to talk about it. You know what I mean? I had to think about it. And so Barbara and I took a short walk and we talked. And in her care for me and her compassion and her listening, her presence, Jesus walked with us too. Jesus. He walked with us. She showed up for me as a friend. And so Jesus showed up too. We were kind of like Cleopas and his friend on the way to Emmaus. We cared, and Jesus showed up. There really is nothing else in this life quite like the comfort of having just one friend, just one person, just one soul who shows up for us when we need it most, who really listens and helps us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death as I did that day or helps us as we face into the struggles in our marriage or the awfulness of being bullied at school or the shame of losing a job or the frustration of getting old and your body breaking down or the moment you know that you are an addict and you need one trusted soul To reveal that too. Because then we need to walk and to talk. To talk and to walk. To just have one other child of God pay attention to us. And actually listen to us and care. To show up. To love us. To talk. And walk. Because who shows up when that happens? I am convinced. Jesus. Jesus in spirit, in truth. In fact, when we show up for one another, and not just for our friends and family, for familiar folks, but friends for the stranger too, and for the hurting one, and for the lost in our world, they who also need to know of Jesus' love, to know that he walks with them, that they have not been abandoned or forgotten. As I said, 20 years ago, I led a church mission trip for 12 senior high youth group members to New York City, to the Big Apple, to participate in the same Quaker-sponsored homelessness immersion program that you, our senior high youth, were commissioned for this morning. Twelve of us youth and adults stayed overnight on the floor of a Quaker meeting house in midtown Manhattan. By day, we took the subway to Chelsea and served 2,500 meals to street people at the second largest soup kitchen in the country. We distributed donated clothing to families from a street front church just around the corner from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. We played chess and checkers after dinner with homeless veterans in Manhattan and listened to their stories. Our last night, we said our goodbyes to the folks that we had served, and then we talked excitedly and we walked uptown in a rainy downpour on a warm June evening. I was walking with a young woman named Ruth, and we matched each other stride for stride on that rain-slicked street. And I noticed that she was really quiet, and then I looked over and I saw that she was weeping. For at that shelter, Ruth had really connected with one homeless man, Joe, a Vietnam veteran, a struggling drug addict, a good man in a hard place and in a hard world. I just can't stop crying, said Ruth. I worry about what's going to happen to him. I worry for him. And so Ruth and I walked and talked, and we talked and we walked. And her tears kept flowing, and the rain kept pouring down, and Ruth's heart broke wide open as it never had before. It broke open for God and Jesus. It broke open for her new friend. And it broke open because she had the courage and the faith to walk and to talk with Joe. Joe, the kind of person our world regularly ignores or overlooks or discards or has no time to walk with or to talk with. But Ruth showed up for Joe, and so Jesus showed up too. So friends, whom do we need to show up for this day in our lives and in our world? Who needs a walk? And a talk. Who needs to experience the unconditional love of Jesus on that journey? You know, we Christians often make faith much more complicated than it has to be. What if we saw being a Christian as just committing to this? To walk and to talk with folks in this world who need just one other soul to actually care about them, to hear them, to love them, to see them. And what if resurrection happens every time we walk and we talk in love? Every time we show up for folks in need, Jesus shows up too. To walk and to talk. Jesus is with us every single step of the way. Let all God's walkers say, Amen.